Welcome back for a new season of the NEC on the Run podcast on the NEC Overtime Pod. I'm Ron Ratner with the conference, and today I'm joined by two very special guests, Mike Holloway of Fairley Dickinson and Sean Hohen of Sacred Heart, two former All-Stars in this league who are now in the coaching ranks. We're going to go through their careers and what led to them coming back to their alma maters to coach. First of all, guys, thank you for joining us. It is great to reconnect with the both of you. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, Ron. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been awesome being back here. Okay, let's do a little bio on both these guys. First, we got two Jersey guys here. I'm in Central Jersey. We got a South Jersey guy. We got a North Central Jersey guy. Let's go through the bio. Let's start with Mike Holloway from South Jersey, Pittsgrove, New Jersey, Arthur P. Shalek High School. Um, looking at some of your bio here, uh, all NEC 2017-18, 2018-19, almost scored 1,500 points, nearly 800 rebounds, and a two-time NEC champion, won an NCAA game as well. Um, you bookended your career with NEC titles. That's Mike. Let's go to Sean, the pride of Morristown, New Jersey, of course, Morristown High School. First team all NEC is a senior, scored over 1,360 points, uh, third in the NEC in scoring in his final year, uh, 185 three-pointers, great shooter, great player. So that's what we're, we're looking at. Um, let's start with, um, actually, before we even get to that, I just wanted to bring up here, in the last, you guys played each other eight times. Now, Sean, the Pioneers won five of the eight games, but... I just got to say, in doing some research here, in the last game you ever played, Mike just casually dropped 35 points on you guys, <laughs> making 15 out of 19 shots, and he hit all three of his threes. And, um, like, what, what what was going on there that day, Mike? Uh, honestly, you want to know? We lost at their place on a, like, last, I think I was – they called me for a goal 10, I believe. So I, I I was I had that game the next game circled off which was at our place I said I'm gonna kill him like I, I gotta and like you said they always I said I never win there uh, we always lose there I was like bro we, I gotta get a win and then I just I just did what I had to do I will say it was really annoying I remember it very vividly too because it was I mean it's not a secret that Mike wasn't just not like he's not that shooter and then he just goes three for three it's like come on like, it's crazy. <laughs> Sean, did you ever get the pleasure of driving down the lane and getting clobbered in the paint by Mike at some point in your career? I think everyone has, but I mean, I, I also, <laughs> there was one time I will, I, this one time I got up on Mike was I had one four point play in my entire career playing basketball and he was one that found me. That's the only thing I do remember is that I had one four point play. <laughs> there you go. You know, you know that Mike just wanted to shoot threes his whole career anyway and be like you, Sean. Exactly. I had to get, my, I had to get mine in. All right. So we talked a little about your careers. You both had all-star careers. They married each other. You both played from 2015 to 2019. Um, Mike won two titles. Sean, you played for some really good teams for Coach Latina at Sacred Heart. I'll start with Mike. How would you describe your four years at FDU as, as a player? Tremendous. I mean, just a great family atmosphere. Coach Tremendous is just a great is a great coach in my in my eyes. I think he brings out the best in guys. He brings out the best in me. FDU was a great experience. Like you said, I had I won two titles here. It was I had two great teams that year. Everybody we recruited and, and brought in were great guys. We had a, like I said, just again I reiterate a family atmosphere here, and, and that's our Fairleigh Dickinson motto is family, and that's what it was, and that's why we stuck together and 
I got two titles out of my out of the four years. What about you, Sean? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm very thankful for Coach. He obviously took a chance on me coming out of uh, prep school. Then he took a chance on me for this job, and obviously, very thankful for him just to propel my playing career and then start my coaching career. So, this place is home. This is where uh, I wouldn't want to be in any other spot. Uh, same coaching staff that when I was a player is still here coaching with me today. So playing and coaching are two totally different beasts. Um, and I'm just extremely thankful for everyone I've met along the way and who I was able to uh, have run-ins with and all the few people I'm going to meet in the future. What role did your two head coaches play in your development, not only as, as, as a player, but, but as men? Sean, I'll go with you first. Well, uh, from the coaching side now, like I often actually, it's funny you say that, on the way here, I was just thinking like, man, if I can, if I'm ever a head coach one day, I want to be exactly the way Coach Team is, how he treats people, how he treats the players, how he runs his program. Uh, that's kind of, like, he's my role model in that sense. When it comes to like, as a player, or as a man, it's, he was always there for me. Uh, he took a chance to me my freshman year. I really wasn't supposed to play. He says I was supposed to be a four-year backup. And he didn't have that in his mind. It wasn't like, oh, we're recruiting Sean. He's never going to play, blah, blah, blah. Like, he let me, like, if, if, he, if Sean got better, let's, let's play him. So he gave me a chance. And luckily, I was able to run with that. Um, and then I just kind of le kept leaning on him. Whenever we had a good day, bad day, we always caught up, always talked about it, how we can make it better, how we can sustain better days. And uh, he was just always there and has always been there. So I guess you could say, even when I was uh, transitioning from playing in Europe to getting to coaching, the spot wasn't even open. And he just took my phone call. He kept, he answered the phone call every single time I called him and he was just helpful. He just offered his advice, his two cents, whatever he could. How about you, Mike? Uh, just play with off Sean, like coaching wise, just like coach is a guy that is intense and he brings out the best in at each and every one of his guys because he cares and he wants everyone to get better. And just that right there alone just is a pivotal piece in my coaching career, just seeing how he connects with each and every one of his guys in a different way. And like you said, as I grow in this business, I want to be able to do that. And I got it. You have to be able to connect with your players on and off the court and just create that bond and let them know that Joe is there for him. And as a player, coach was just mental, like mentally, he just made me mentally tough. And just, he taught me how to just, you can crack every barrier and never set barriers for yourself and never be satisfied. And just that drive took me to professional basketball. And, and I persevered through many, through my, both of my injuries, through just learning how to be mentally tough through coach and him just constantly pushing me and giving me the drive that I need every day. And, yeah, see, he still does that now with his new, the new set of uh, recruits he got in of our young freshmen. He pushes them to their limits and lets them know, like, there's no – never be satisfied. There's no barriers or anything. That's great. Um, as, as players who, who were so pivotal in your, in your programs and, and four-year guys, um, how hard was it to give up the college game when it was all finally all over for you? Sean? Hard. <laughs> that's, that's the first word. Uh, we lost to LIU my senior year and there's been like people like of my former teammates that still talk about it. Like I was balling my eyes. Like, I, I can't even like put that into work. Like I was balling and it was just because you never think it's going to come until it actually comes. And I know that's a cliche that everyone talks about, but it hit me hard. Uh, it was hard. It did help that I was able to, to go play again 
in Europe, obviously. I, I didn't hang them up completely, but just a place that you call home and a place that with the, like you want to bring a championship. And Mike was lucky enough to bring two to the school and the people around him. Like you want to win for these people. You don't want to just win for yourself. You want to win for your teammates. You want to win for your school or just your friends. And and so when it all was over, it was tough, but I could never have seen myself leaving the game. And that's kind of why I'm back here now. But you, Mike, how did that transition go? I mean, it was it was it was pretty like I went out obviously on a on a good I went on a high note and then it was just like it took a while for it to hit and but like Sean said once it did hit after like that that couple of weeks off and just realizing that you're not going back to you know what I mean to be a player anymore like you you're moving on to that next step and like he said I, I got a chance to play professionally a couple months later I went on to play professional basketball and it's just like but you still miss that that where you started those we spent four years somewhere and you put all your all and your sweat your blood and tears in that, that institution it's just like you miss all the fun times the good and the bad honestly you miss everything so after a while so you, you both were actually able to uh, play together in that three on three though so it was, yeah was i was gonna bring that up so let me let's Let's get to it now. So after your senior years, you played with it was so it was you, Mike, Darnell Edge, and Ramon Saunders of Wagner playing in that three-on-three tournament where you know the tournament where you throw the money in the air after you win. And the NEC team advances to the final four of this tournament, which I don't think anybody expected. Um I, I always said that was a really well-constructed team. You had, you know, you had plenty of shooters and you had a really good big in there. How did that how was that for you guys? How much did you guys bond during those few days? Sean, you want you want to go first? You go ahead, Mike. Uh, I I thought it was a great like trip, man. We when we got the chance to practice, we came with the game plan. The game plan was really you put me around three shooters. I was re I would rebound and just kick it back out. I think I started off the tournament like as one of the assist guys. That's assist guys. I couldn't believe it. I, but I was like, that was our game plan. Like Mike, you rebound. I mean, you get occasional shots, but if you just kick out to the shooters, we'll win the game, and it and it kind of Obviously, it worked out for us. So with the three-on-three, three, just a little background for the listeners, it's uh, threes are two and the ones are one. So the threes are worth 50% more uh, rather than a typical game, which is three and two. So if it's 50% more, you take the three as much as you can. So like Mike said, our game plan was just put three shooters right around Mike. And if we miss, Mike will hopefully get the rebound. Or if they miss – Mike will get the rebound and we just kind of spot up and we just keep moving. I don't think it would have worked if it was, if we were just stationary catch and shoot guys. Yeah. Luckily all three of us were able to move. To get the spot. So Mike would literally get the rebound and just look and he would just see me and Darnell or Darnell and Ramon just moving and he just find it shot. And then just, we made our first shots until we got to the final four and then we just went. To make <laughs> we're cool, man. <laughs> we were cold. It was a, that was a fun experience. Um, Let's talk about your professional careers quickly here. Uh, you know, you live in the co college. It's a bubble for four years, essentially. You know, you, you really are um, in that bubble. Um, now you're playing in Ukraine, Slovakia, Kosovo. Like, you're playing in places like that. These are not the glamour spots of playing in Europe. Um, how, how hard of a life is it to be a professional on your own overseas like what do the players who are going to come through it now need to know mike we'll go with you first it's a mental battle 
if you, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this, and I, I'm confident in this. I don't know about Sean, but like, if you, if you think like, like mental toughness is a real thing, like when you're out there, because you're, there's none of your families there. Like, it's different. It's just you're away from everybody you know and what you're used to on an everyday basis. Like you said, even when transferring from college, you got used to going to college, and then now you four years there, and now you're going into a different environment again. And now you're an adult, so you gotta. It's just things are different, and you just gotta battle different. It's different battles on and off the court. Just staying mentally into it, and just remembering the the goal, whatever goal it is that you have. You just gotta remember that, and just use that as your that daily motivation while you're out there. Yeah, there there's some dark days. Um, it is. I'm extremely thankful that I was able to do it. I'm sure Mike feels the same way, but yes, sir. it. it there's some days, like the first couple months, you're like, all right, I'm here making it. But then it just gets like around the holidays for me. I don't know about him, but it's got tougher. So I joke yes, around with people around here. It was that's when it was the worst. Yeah, like, like I'm so excited for the holidays this year because I missed the one last year. I missed Thanksgiving. I missed Christmas. I just not even the holiday itself, just being around family, being with your your people, and and just being thankful for everything. And and like you don't really exactly. like that's like, like I said, it's a mental game. Um, every day you you have to wake up and remember why you were doing it, why I was here. Like I'm here to like like to make a living. Like this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to I'm trying to be the best player I can be. And that was an everyday thing. Where sometimes in college you might wake up, be like, all right, like, let's have some fun today. Let's like let's like like no like these guys. There's four or five of my teammates were 30 with kids, and they're providing for their families. So like this, it was a totally different thing than college. Like, hey, let's have school pride. Let's win for the team. Let's win for the university. So it was, I'm super thankful I did it. Would not change it for the world, but it was definitely a very mentally challenging spot. So now, so you both had, you know, relatively short runs as professionals. I know, Mike, I know you had some injuries and stuff and, and that, that um, hampered you along the way. What led you both to the path of going uh, down the route for coaching and what are your future goals you know as a coach we'll start with you Mike uh I just coaching is just how I got into it it was just from oh my bad how, how I really got into it was just like you said after the injuries I just one thing led to another then I had my baby boy who was nine months now and I started just thinking about things differently and what I want to do like like Sean said, do I want to go overseas and restart all over from battling two injuries and mentally take that battle while I got a son all the way home? And that's another battle that you have to go through. And I just started thinking, and then I got a call from Coach Rinder. God, God bless him for blessing me with opportunity. And at the right time, it's just like everything was falling right in line. Like I said, I had my son, I came off injury, my second Achilles injury at that. And that's not an injury that's easy to just come back off of. And everything just played a great part in the timeline. And Coach G gave me that call at the right time. And I wanted to be here. I love this program. And my goal here as a knight, as an ex-knight and a current knight is to win another championship. That's that's like the ultimate goal. That's always been my goal since I was a freshman here in 2015. It's just win championships and set the bar high for myself and the players and everyone on the staff as we set the bar high here at FU as a family. How about you, Sean? Uh, so when we graduated 2019, I was still trying to play, trying to find a spot. And it just 
for some reason wasn't coming. So I went to a local D3 school, Drew University in New Jersey, and was a volunteer assistant. And the, the coach accepted me and I realized, I was like, I, I love this. Like, this is like a lot of fun. And um, so then I told him I still want to play. So I did that one year and then I got the opportunity to play, went to go play. And then when I, I was, the season was over, I was, viewed my options. I was just like, do I want, I could go back. I, I had a couple options to go back to Europe or I can just start my career of being a coach. I love both, but I think that if I start now, I can get a little bit of advantage on some, on the competition one or like try to get a head start in my career. And uh, this, uh, this spot opportunity um, wasn't open for a while. And uh, I was friendly with the guy that was in this position and he kept, he, we talked almost every day, just kind of just figuring out what his next step might be, what my next step could be. And then it finally opened up. And luckily, like I said, I was talking with Coach Tina often, at least once a week, trying to just figure out how to get into it. And he, uh, luckily he trusted me. Um, I took it. I he said, hey, it's going to be open. I said, coach, this is the one I want. And he said, all right, we'll figure it out. So I uh, kind, of, uh, kind of fell into place and I'm extremely thankful for it. That's awesome. I should say, I don't think I said at the beginning that, you know, Mike uh, is serving as a, a GA uh, at Fairleigh Dickinson. Sean is director of basketball ops at Sacred Heart. Um, now that you are on the sidelines at every practice, first of all, do you still think that you could like give coach like 10 good minutes if they needed you out there? How, how, how in shape are you two guys now? Are you just old men already? Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> nah, I, I try to stay in shape, man. And coach, you never know, Coach G. He, he, he's actually done it already once, and he's like, Mike, get in there, Sean. I'm just <laughs> go out there, and he had the time to calm down. Actually, he's like, Mike, you don't play anymore, man. We got to get these guys better. And I had to had to take that step back and realize that you're in a different seat now, man. I I wish I wish I could play with these guys. There's we have so many guys on the team that they don't need me no more, but. Uh, we, I have my first uh, manager game coming up soon. So I, I got my extra shooting in this morning and uh, make sure I'm still, still prepared. Wind's not there, but the shot won't leave. I hope the shot will leave. <laughs> right. And that's what they, they say about the boxer, man. They always get that one last knockout in them, but the, the, they yeah. get a glass jaw as they get older also. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a bit about your two programs. We'll start with FDU. So you know, we had this sort of golden era of FDU hoops when you were there, Mike, and winning the two championships, but we've, we've turned the page now, you know, the Holloway, Jaleel Jenkins, Caleb Bishop, um, you know, um, Darnell Edgier, that's, that's done now. Now you have a youngish team loaded with talent. Uh, you know, I've watched the team play an exhibition game. Uh, what should we expect from the Knights this year and then moving forward? I just think we got a great, like you said, a great young core. We got athletic guys, um, a young athletic guy, Antoine Hill. We got P.O. In, in the paint. Brandon Rush had a great night last night. He shots, he shoots the ball very well. And I just think we got a great group, Devin Dunn, who can shoot it. And I think you expect us to be like we are, like who we are, offensive, offensively good. We're getting a lot, we're a lot better on defense. We got guys that buy in here. Right now, we're not young core. I think obviously we're going to be young, like I keep saying, but I think we can we can do things here in the league when it's when it's time to show up, for sure. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, no, the team looked impressive. You have a star in Brandon Rush, so it's it's. I think it'll be an exciting year at FDU as, as you look to you know build again. 
Um, Sacred Heart, last year picked dead last in the poll, surprised everybody, uh, made the tournament, finished nine and seven, um, won all their close games, like show, showed a lot of heart throughout the season. Budding star in Tyler Thomas, uh, big scorer there. Just about everybody is back. Sean, how good can Sacred Heart be this year? I mean, I think they might have been picked uh, picked low based on what happened last year in the preseason poll. Yeah, we don't really control that, so that's not a, that's that's not on us. But uh, nothing we can do. You can just use that as motivation. Um, I think we, like you said, we're returning just about everybody, losing uh, one or two guys that just didn't really play much. So we kind of have just our main core back. So it's, uh, it's one is exciting Two, I think we have some really good players. Like you said, Tyler, he, he can score the ball. And the best thing about him is that he just is always looking to improve. He's, he understands for him to be a great player. He's got to get his, some of his efficiency numbers up and he understands that. And, um, and he's, so we're working with him every day. We're working with all the other guys and, I think we have a lot of guys that could surprise some people. And uh, I think hopefully at the team, we kind of could put it all together by use these, uh, by the start of the season and hopefully by conference play, we're, uh, we're a good team, tough team to beat. Yeah, I know. I agree. I, I think Sacred Heart's got a really good shot this year at being a contender. Um, let's talk some NEC hoops. You guys know this league inside and out. Um, I think personally, I've been around this league for almost 25 years now. I, I think there's the most talent is in this league now in at least a decade. Back in the days when, you know, an LIU and Robert Morris and, you know, Wagner were really good. Um, I think a team needs to be an exceptional team this year um, to win it all. All these players who are, who are taking advantage of the COVID year and, and coming back. Um, how do you see the league shaping up this year? And, and who do you, who do you um, see as the favorite? Mike, we'll go to you first. Uh, I think you said it's a lot of talent around the league. I like I like what uh, right, we start with the top of the league and Bryant right now, and I, they got a nice uh, core they kept that together and Peter Kiss and those guys over there. And I like what they got. Ryan is always a tough defensive team. It's definitely going to be a competitive league like it is every single year. And come NEC time when you got to make that cut, those teams get in there, and then that's always a battle. And those games are always good, and every team comes in sharp by March, and you're ready. And the league's definitely going to be competitive this year. And, I, and I, I'm curious to see how things shape up because, like you said, you picked Sacred Heart last year. They do what they did, and that's the NEC in a nutshell, man. You never know what what can happen in this league. So, I think with all the talent and all the all the great coaches we got in here too, also, just not the players. We got great coaches in this league, and I think it's going to be a very competitive league. Agreed. What about you, Sean? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Mike worded that perfectly. We have a lot of great players, a lot of great coaches, a um, ton of individual talent, too, which is really exciting. I kind of compare it to, uh, like, my freshman year when you had guys like Ronnie Fryer, Kane Broom, uh, Jerome Frank, dudes like that. And uh, so there's a lot of good talent, obviously, in the league this year. And I think it's going to be exciting. I think every game, no matter what your record is, will be a battle. Um Obviously, Bryant is going to be a juggernaut. FDU's always has been always solid, and uh, Wagner's returned a lot of guys. So, we just our goal is just to be up there at the top with the top teams, and uh, like like we did last year, to squeak out some some big victories whenever we can. Yeah, I I think there's a sort of a transition happening in the league. NEC's always been like you know it's a guards league. You always hear that we're we're a guards league, but 
now I'm looking at these front lines, Mike, you would have to, if you were still playing, you'd have to deal with some of this. Now you got the Mount with, you know, Afarum and Opoku and Malik Jefferson, you know, like six, eight, six, nine guys who can play and LIU with Penn and flowers and, and Isaac Conte coming in from Hofstra. And then you have teams like Wagner and Bryant who are trotting out these six, five, six, six guards, two and three of them at a time. So um, there's more size in the league. And I think that'll probably help the league in, you know, in non-conference play. I think it's a bit of a change. I mean, Mike, you probably had the only sort of really big front line back when you were playing with Caleb and Elijah and stuff. Like how tough would it be for you now to go in and, and, and go toe to toe with some of these teams? Definitely would be a lot, uh, I think a lot, like you said, a lot more competitive because like, those guys can physically, not only mentally, they physically match up on the court. And I think, like you said, we had that a little bit of advantage with me, Caleb, and Elijah. We had that cycle of guys who can go in there and just bang and and we we could shoot it a little bit. So we just it would be definitely a little bit different, a little bit more challenging for sure. Sean, how tough is it if you as a guard, you know, when you have like your Alex Morales and your Peter Kisses and the coach is like, yeah, you're guarding these these guys and they're like six five and six six and can do pretty much everything that's annoying <laughs> but <laughs> but uh i always this is just the competitive side of me i like those because if i play good defense then or if the team plays good defense and we did a good job and we kind of like oh wow sick hard defense we're trying to have good defense but if they score it's like all right that's what they're supposed to do so it was uh it's it was always frustrating whenever they got one whenever we lost and I was going to the, the leading score or uh, we let the, I remember we played um, LIU one time and Joel Hernandez was on the team and he went off at 30 and it was just like, all right, that was just frustrating. So it, uh, we have some good guards in this league and we always have been. And um, I think we have good guards at Sega Heart now. So it's kind of preparing our own defense to go against everyone else within the league. Great. Let me ask you a couple, last couple questions. You, as four-year players in this conference, how would you both describe NEC hoops and your experience in the conference over your, over those four seasons? Sean, we'll go with you first. Underrated. Uh, I think a lot of the times uh, we have some really, really good players that can honestly, we, we, that we can start at other spots. And I think a lot of these teams can really put a lot of these other, other teams and other conferences can run for their money. And, uh, so one is underrated, and two, I think we always uh, we always battle, no matter what it is, no matter if it's Figueroa, FDU, Wagner, Bryant, we're always battling. We're always we're always right there. Very very few times where it's it's we don't perform, and uh, I think we always, we always got this scrappiness to us, this this chip on our shoulder to us, and um, I think I don't I don't anticipate that changing for this year. This the conference really was a great experience, like like Sean said, uh, you just could get battled every night. And my experience in the league was just, it's just like you, like, you just got to come up, you got to show up every night. There's not a league where you can just turn it on and turn it off because there's no really large drop off where one team isn't as good as you have at those bigger levels where you have like the top of the top. And then the bottom guys usually don't really compete. And this is a league where one through 10 can get the job done each and every night. So if you don't show up, you, you can end up at the bottom really fast. No, I 100% agree. Uh, last question for each of you, one for each. Uh, first, we'll start with Mike. How, how satisfying was it for you to be part 
of that, you know, I mentioned the word golden era for FDU hoops, you know, winning two titles. What, what was it that made FDU and those teams so special? It was really a blessing, man. It, it just like, what made us special was how we all like bought into just who we play for and why we play. We, we knew we needed each other. We, we knew we can't do it as a, this is a team sport. You can't do it by yourself. And I think once we started playing for more than just ourselves, playing for our families and, and all the, and in each one of our personal goals and our team goals, I think that that was the key to what we did here in our quote unquote golden era here after you was just buying in and realizing that we're playing for each other and something bigger than just ourselves, our institution. It's a great answer. Um, Sean, what makes Sacred Heart a great place to hoop and go to school? Best. I mean, when I, uh, when I came on campus here, like, School alone, not even basketball now. It was some cool buildings. It was nice area in Fairfield, Connecticut. And then everything's just transforming now. We built the Bobby V Center, which is just for students. They got their own rec center in there. We built so many more dorms, so many beautiful uh, like school centers. We have the health science building that we built. We just bought the G, uh, GE building for a lot of money. Uh, we just bought a golf course. So the school is just, itself is just growing every single year. And we anticipate to keep growing. And then for basketball, it's a that kind of feed. Basketball feeds off how school is doing. We just want to keep growing the way the school is growing. We're always looking for things that we can do to improve this this program. Um, our strength coach is great. Our athletic trainer is great. Our SID is great. So we're always just looking for the right people around us and looking to just grow whenever we can. Big things happening at the heart. I love it. It's it is it is great to see all that. Um, First of all, let me say it's, it's been great to walk down memory lane with both of you. Um, definitely an honor to watch you both play for four years, both terrific reps of NEC basketball as four-year players, wishing you, of course, nothing but the best in your future as coaches. And then best of luck this season with your teams. We have uh, Sacred Heart opening at LaSalle on Tuesday. We have FDU playing Seton Hall on Wednesday. Good luck in the non-conference seasons. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. So um, hopefully we will get to talk again soon. Um, Sean, we're always, gonna, you know, we're always looking for somebody to help us in our broadcasting pursuits. Sean, if you don't know, came in and helped uh, host the podcast last year nice. before pre-COVID, maybe right. a couple of years ago, pre-COVID came into our studio in Somerset, New Jersey and co-hosted the NEC on the Run weekly show with me and did a great job. So um, Latina got you, but if not, we would have grabbed you, right? <laughs> You got my phone number. Call me whenever you need me. My guy does it all, man. I need to get all right, like one... you, Sean. <laughs> Mike, we're all, we'll have room for you, too. We'll have room for everybody. We will, we will get some ex-players. We'll have you roam in the <laughs> sideline. We'll put you on the sidelines first, and then we'll, you know, we'll move you up to the analyst role. All yes, right. Sir. Well, thanks again, guys. Uh, we have Mike Holloway, grad assistant, um, basketball coach at FDU. And then Sacred Hearts Director of Operations, Sean Hohen, great former uh, student athletes here in the NEC. And um, you've been listening to the NEC on the Run podcast on the NEC Overtime Pod. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And we will see you soon again. And uh, basketball season's here, and we're very excited. See you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.